Come on, if you need a breakthrough up in here, let me hear you make some noise. Habakkuk 2.4 says the just shall live by faith. But how does one do that? Live by faith. Let's find out today on another edition of Faith to Live By with Pastor Larry Millender and Pastor James Salter. Thank you for joining us today. This is Pastor Larry Mellinder. I'm here with Pastor James Salter, and this is Faith to Live By. Hey, good morning to you, Pastor Larry. Good to be here today. Yeah, this is our second recording this morning, so uh, we have actually in a live studio setting here recording today for the last month or so. We've been so busy. I've been traveling. We've had stuff going on. And through the transition of retiring as pastor to join the two churches together, our life has been busy. It's been a whirlwind in a way. But uh, it's good to get back to doing radio recording Mm -hmm. for our program on Wave 94.1 and on the podcast, which is on, uh, I think, Outcast and a couple of other means that they can listen to our program. So... um, we want to get into the Word today. I was reading this morning in, in my early morning devotions, which I, I try to do every morning. If I miss the morning, I try to do them at night. But I was reading this this morning in the devotional of Kenneth Copeland's. It's called Faith to Faith. And he was talking about living by faith. Mm-hmm. And he said in that devotion something to the extent of faith and patience were spiritual twins. That wherever you find one, you should find the other. Mm. If you don't find them together, then more than likely the aspect of faith is not operating, it's not functioning. Mm-hmm. And I looked in the Word this morning here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11, or verse 35 and 36. Says, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. We could substitute the word there, faith. Cast not away therefore your faith, which has great recompense of reward. It goes on to say in verse 36 For you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So well, let me read the, verse 37 too. It says, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back from living by faith, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And I was thinking this morning as I was reading that devotional and then my one-year Bible and then our daily bread, which is I try to read every day. How many people start out in the walk of faith and they don't last. <laughs> Something happens. As we say, they get the rug pulled out from under their feet. They get the wind knocked out of their sails. Mm-hmm. They get knocked down. Mm-hmm. They don't feel like getting back up. Um, patience is a big part of the faith walk. And I, I was thinking what this morning, I, as I read that devotion this morning, God began to speak to me, and I was, I was reading the, in my Bible. A lot of times we say that we're in faith over something. I mean, Jesus said it like this in in Mark 11, 22 through 24. He said, have the faith of God, have the God kind of faith. He said, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart those things that you say, the things that you say shall come to pass. Now, that's me paraphrasing. But verse 24, he said, what things whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. We talk about faith a lot, and a lot of times we 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 are actually in faith. Mm-hmm. 
but then we don't have the patience to carry it out, to carry it through. And I remember telling someone, a person one time, we were talking, they said, well, my faith just doesn't work for me. I said, well, a lot of times it's not necessarily the faith that's not working. It's the other aspects of faith, mm-hmm. like the patience, mm-hmm. the endurance. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, a lot of times people look at patience as just the ability to put up with something. You know, they're just going to put up with it. They're having patience. And, but patience is not just that you tolerate things. Patience is a spiritual force. You know, he said, you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. James says, you know, that uh, faith and patience works together. He said, let patience have her perfect work. So we see that patience is not a uh, necessarily a silent thing or a passive thing because he said patience can have her work, her perfect work. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the journey of faith and the walk of faith in our life, we get into the Word and we, we start operating in, in our ability to trust God, to believe God. We call it the faith walk. Mm-hmm. But there has to be a patience walk, too. And, and I think that's where a lot of people miss it. Yeah, what, what, what's very interesting here in, in Hebrews 10, Pastor Larry, when you, when you go back up to uh, like verse 9 and just kind of contextually looking at the whole body of this part of Hebrews 10, you really get a, a get a clue to why faith and patience is so important. Because if you go back to verse 19, it says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter to the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for. So the very onset of, of this is, is telling us why we have to live by faith and why we have to have patience. It's, it's to enter boldly into the holiest of holy places. And so a lot of times what, what happens is we, we, we approach the Lord Jesus and we're in harmony and communication when everything is going good. But all of a sudden when, 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 when something happens and, and what we see is not lining up with what we're believing to see, then there's that pressure and that tendency from the, the actually the scheme of the enemy to begin to drop these little seeds. Okay, now what are you going to do? Where are you going to turn? This isn't going to work out. This isn't what you're believing for. And, and the whole predisposition of that is to get us into a place of doubt and unbelief. But yet the, the writer of Hebrews says, enter boldly before the holiest of holies to the blood of Jesus. So it, it's really, I, I made this statement a couple of weeks ago. It, it, it's really, when we have an understanding of who Jesus is in us and who we are in him, and if we, we really resolve to, to live by faith, then really these these bad moments, these these tough situations or these failures that we experience in life, we really begin to understand and see that Jesus is just as much accessible, if not more, in the tough times as he is in the good times. Because I, I I know that you know religion has said, well, when you when you know when things go bad and you messed up. Uh, you know, it's probably judgment or, you know, you deserve it or you got coming, you know, to you what what you deserve. But 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 really, that's religion talking. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. I never saw Jesus make anybody sick. I never saw Jesus say, get thee away from me. Um, you know, you're not worthy or you've got too much stuff. I, you know, even the, the, the religious leaders. 
when it came to certain sick people say, well, who sinned, the mom or the dad? And Jesus said, neither one of them. This is so the glory of God could be revealed. And so we, we really, to, to help us in our faith journey, to help us live and, and run our race with endurance and patience, we, we have to have a proper understanding of who Jesus is and that the reason we can hold on and stand in faith is because Jesus remains accessible all the time. He doesn't change. He's not in a good mood today and a bad mood tomorrow. He's not for us today and against us tomorrow. He's for us all the time. And so just having that right understanding, Pastor Larry, of who Jesus is and who he is in me helps me maintain a race of patience and, and perseverance because I know things are subject to change because God is good all the time and he's for me and not against me. And so it may look bad, but I'm not being moved by what I see. I'm being moved by the word of God, by faith in God. And he tells me that he causes all things to work out for my good. So just because I don't see it when I think I should see it, doesn't mean I'm not going to see it. I just got to stand. I had a, a message the other day from a, a dear friend of ours uh, who has a family member going through a battle right now, uh, a cancer battle. And they said, the Lord gave us a scripture to stand on through this. Amen. I said, what is that scripture? And they said, it's Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Yeah. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I said, man, that, you can't get any better than that. Mm-hmm. And... I've, I've thought so many times over the years that verse of scripture has always been one of my favorite passages. We used to sing a little chorus, They That Wait Upon the Lord, way back 45 years ago. That, scri- that scripture song always had an impact in my life. But I think too often when people think about patience, they, they think about it in the term or in, in the viewpoint of, well, I'm waiting on God to do something. That's, that's what they see. You know, They That Wait Upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Well, I think as we wait upon the Lord, it's not a lack of us doing, not doing anything, but there are things that you do during that period of waiting on the Lord. You keep saying what you're, and confessing what you're believing. You keep saying, saying what the Word says. I think that's where people miss it so often is that they're not saying and confessing and declaring and decreeing what the Word says. The Word says, by His stripes, we are healed. The Word says, He supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The Word says, let the weak say, I am strong. The Word says, His grace is sufficient for me. And I think too often, people see a scripture like Isaiah 40, 31, they say, well, I'm in patience because I'm just waiting on the Lord. Well, a lot of times, they're not doing anything. There, there's, there's, patience is not a passive thing, as I said earlier. It, it's a, it's a dynamic thing when we're in patience. Um, when, when you know that you, you have true patience working in you, the devil can't get you off of the promises of God because yeah. you're anchored in that. I, and I think that's what one thing that patience does in our life. Patience is an anchor to our soul. Patience holds us steady. Um, it's like a woman, she, she conceives to have a child. She's pregnant. She's got that seed in her womb that baby begins to grow. 
Well, you and I both know because we have wives, we've had children, we're parents. The day that that woman gets pregnant, she's not having a baby the next day. Mm-hmm. There's a process mm-hmm. that we call it. She car- she carries that baby full term mm-hmm. for nine months, 30, whatever it is, 30, what is it, 39 weeks. Um, she carries that baby. We begin. To, she begins to show signs of that baby. Her belly gets big. She starts being tired. She starts being a little bit cranky. Well, maybe shouldn't say that, but it, she starts not feeling well. She's ready to have that baby, but she's carrying that child. She's waiting for delivery day, mm-hmm. and I think that's where people miss it sometimes in the aspect of patience. For for you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God that you. You need to continue carrying in yeah, your yeah. spirit the very thing that God's yeah. put in your spirit. You don't want to abort that. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to lose that. You want to hold on to it. And that that aspect of patience is what brings faith to maturity so that that faith can be productive and produce in your life the very thing that you say that you've been believing God for. So, so actually what we can what we could really do scripturally then is we could equate patience and perseverance to preparation. Because when that mama conceives, when that woman conceives and becomes, she's a mama. But in that nine month course, that that seed is is being prepared on the inside of her. And oh, by the way, the the, the woman goes through changes too in preparation to 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 deliver that that blessing. And so we can really equate patience and perseverance to preparation. It, it, it you know people get people get messed up from the moment of a, of a supernatural spiritual conception to that to that supernatural conception delivering people don't get jacked up in the conception and they don't get jacked up in the delivery they get jacked up in that unspecified time in between they got a word from God and seeing that word come to pass that's where the battle's at that, that's where that's patience that's where endurance is required but what may help us stay in there a little bit longer and see deliveries when we understand that this time this unspecified amount of uh, this unspecified amount of time which is requiring patience and perseverance is really just equating to this thing being prepared and when it's fully prepared, then there's going to be full life and full growth and full fulfillment in that thing. Well, it's the developmental process. Like that baby in the womb at first, that baby's just a seed. And then that baby begins to grow. That embryo begins to develop. And we see that developmental stage of a child. We see it in, in a plant. I mean, in a seed. You take a kernel of corn, and I had one here recently. I, I was on my elliptical one morning working out. Uh, I do that every morning. I was walking on the elliptical. And happened to look out our the window of, of where my elliptical is on, in our sunroom on our deck. Elaine has flowers out there. She's got her little sitting area out there where she goes has breakfast in the morning. We have a we have a hanging uh, little hanging glass bowl there that we put bird seed in for the birds and the squirrels. And every morning when Elaine's ha- having breakfast, little squirrels come. She calls it her breakfast buddies. They come to to eat while she's having breakfast. And uh, Usually in the morning when I get up to do my elliptical, I'll look and see if there's seed in that bowl, glass dish. And if there's not, I pour seed in there. So I watch the squirrels and the birds coming back and forth while I'm on the elliptical. That morning, as I was on the elliptical looking out, the squirrels and birds were coming and going. But in, in one of the flower pots down on the, on the deck, I don't know, probably five, six, seven feet away from where that glass bowl holding the seed, one of her plants there. And and there was a a stalk. It was a corn stalk. 
that was coming up in that pot. It probably was 14 to 18 inches tall, maybe 20 inches tall. And, and I just stopped and looked at it. And Elaine saw me. She said, I know what you're doing. She said, there's a sermon in that. Isn't it? <laughs> I said, yes, there is. Mm-hmm. I said, there's, there, there's hope in every seed. And as I, I just went, I got my phone, went out, took a picture of it and ended up using it. I was in Carabelle preaching at Carabelle Christian Center and I, and I preached and, and gave the story about seeing that plant. And I said, that little seed, undoubtedly a squirrel picked it up, started to leave with it and dropped it. And it fell in that pot. We haven't noticed it. Undoubtedly it's been there for weeks. But that little seed took root and began to grow. And now, it's, or, or it was, Elaine has since pulled it out because it's messing up her flower pot. But it was about 20 inches tall or so. And uh, we end up seeing another one in another flower pot shortly thereafter. But I told her, I said, there, there's a sermon in there that number one, that seed had a lot of potential. It was never going to do anything in that glass bowl. But once that squirrel or bird, whatever got it, tried to carry it away and it dropped in that flower pot where that rich soil, potting soil was, it took root. And the Bible says that first, when that seed is in the ground, first there's a blade that comes out. Then there's the the the, the ear. Mm-hmm. Then there's the full corn in the ear. There's a process of development. In that seed, in, in that little kernel of corn, we don't know how many ears of corn were in that one little kernel of corn. Mm-mm. We don't have a clue. And had that plant grown and produced, there could have been hundreds of, of, mm-hmm. of kernels of, uh, of ears of corn in it. And the seed, I've said it this way before, anybody can count the seeds in an apple, but nobody can really count the apples in one seed. Because that one seed has the potential of producing a tree that can produce a harvest, that can produce more apples, to produce more right. seeds. And I mean, it goes on and on. So... Like that baby in the mother's womb, it, it goes through the developmental process, the the stages of development. The woman going through those changes too, because she's changing yeah, as yeah. that child changes yeah. in her womb. And I think that's where a lot of people miss it at times, is because they are not letting the process come to fruition, come to maturity. I think in James, James chapter one, verse four or three says, knowing this, that the testing of your faith work is patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. And I think that we can ever grasp the concept of what real patience is all about. It'll change our way of believing and receiving. Well, and actually Isaiah 40, 31 really speaks to that. Um, to that measure of, okay, there's conception and then, you know, that unspecified, unspecified amount of time until manifestation, conception, manifestation. And, and again, that time in between that is, is called patience, perseverance and endurance. What's very interesting, though, when you look at Isaiah 40, 31 says those who wait upon the Lord, that that word wait in the Hebrew, I believe it's kaval, it actually means to bind yourself together with something which develops hope and expectation. So to, to, to wait upon the Lord doesn't mean that I'm just sitting. It's not passive. It, yeah, it, it's actually a verb. And a verb we know in, in language shows action. And so to wait upon the Lord actually means, you know what, I've, I've heard from God and I'm intentionally binding myself to him 
wrapping myself in him and it's causing a level of expectation and, and, and it's causing a level of hope to come out of me to see what's in me come out and, and show up. And so those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I mean, there's nothing like being being in a position you hear uh, you hear a word from God. And uh, and all of a sudden you wrap yourself up in the Lord and in that word. And when you do that, you actually get strength and, and you and you actually defeat weariness when you wrap yourself in Jesus and in that word. And that's what's going to cause us to hang in there until we see what Jesus says come to pass. So we, we've got to we've got to bind ourselves to the Lord. We've got to bind ourselves to the word. And I think Joshua one speaks to that. You know, Joshua one says, meditate on the word day and night. And that word meditate actually means to mutter or to speak over and over again. And I think it was this past Sunday, Pastor Larry, I shared that meditation is a word that we, we've kind of allowed to go out the back door of, of church of Ecclesia because we now tie meditation to Eastern mysticism. But actually the word meditation got its roots in, in a spiritual principle as far as God's people uh, setting their gaze upon Jesus. The, the word meditation in Eastern mysticism simply means this, to empty your mind. Meditation from a, from a scriptural God perspective means this, to fill your mind with the highest form of truth, which will cause the inferior truth to bow its knee. That's the way we renew our mind. That's how we renew our mind. It's through meditating the word of God. So we, we have to intentionally fill our mind with the highest form of truth, which is the word of God. And when we do that, all the inferior thoughts that we have bow its knees to the highest form of truth. And then we go through a metamorphosis and we go through a transformation. We go from glory to glory. You know, I, I'm going to share this because this just came into my heart. Um, somebody needs to hear this today. Back in 2011, when we moved from Tallahassee down to the river, we moved into Elaine's mom and dad's house, sold our house. We were struggling financially. Church finances were horrible. We could not be paid. We were living on credit, cash advances with Bank of America. Pastor James, at one time, we had close to $100,000 worth of debt on Bank of America credit cards. I think I had three of them. Cash advances, it's a zero interest for 10 months or whatever. Eventually, they come due, you know. Eventually, there will be interest, and it will be high interest. And some of those interest rates had gotten up to like 28%, 26%. We were looking at a mountain of debt, personal credit cards, had Chase credit cards. We were, we were living on them. And there's somebody listening to th this today that you need to hear this. I remember we were sitting in our living room at the River House where Elaine's mom and dad's house, it was their home. We, we ended up buying her brother and sister's part of it. We were sitting there talking. It's been eight years ago. And she said to me, honey, will we ever get out of this? She said, this looks insurmountable. Now, I'm a faith person. And I don't know. It looked insurmountable to me, too, Pastor Jane. And I said, yeah, baby, in time, we're going to get through this. We'll get out of this. She said, I don't know how. I can't see it. At the same time, there was still credit left over from the church 
from that big building we had, we had borrowed money on some credit cards and small business loans. We had another 90 something thousand dollars of that debt. So really it was about $200,000 of debt because that small business loan, it was in the church name, but we were the co-signers. We were the guarantors on it. She said, we've got approximately $200,000 worth of credit card debt here. And some of them were extremely high, almost 30% interest on some of them. Some of them, four, five, six percent, some of them high. I said, we're going to get out of this. I was working jobs. You know what I was doing. I was doing construction with my brother. I was building a house. I was doing all kind of stuff, pressure washing, doing a little bit of everything. One day out of the blue, Elaine got a notice from an attorney in South Florida. Her dad had passed away. He had worked in factories and stuff, and there was some outstanding uh payment claims coming to those workers and she got a check from the doctor that I mean from from the attorney that was instrumental in paying off a, a good portion of our credit well I'm here to tell you today eight years later all of that church credit debt's been paid our credit cards have been paid we paid the last I remember when we paid the last payment all on the, our personal credit card debt I'd been trying putting a little bit of money aside here and there to lane one day I'm gonna take you to Hawaii and I had I saved up about $3,000 putting it inside. Well, my little nest egg, we call it squirrel money. You know, squirrel money is where you squirrel it away. Right. Had it hit. And I would pay on credit, but I was putting a little money aside because I said, uh, you know, one of our anniversary, I'm going to take you somewhere special. Well, I told her what I had one day. And she said, I want to take that and apply it to credit cards. I want to get out of debt. So we did. We took that money and put it on, paid off the last of that credit card debt. It took eight years. Mm-hmm. Really, it took longer than eight years because we had the years leading up from 2008 to 2011 of compiling it all. It, it became a mountain of debt. Mm-hmm. But today, eight years after she and I had that conversation, we we have no debt on any of that anymore. Church credit card debt that we were guarantors for or our personal debt that we lived on, those cash advances. It took patience mm-hmm. to get through that. There were times I looked at thought, my God. I feel like throwing in the towel. Well, thank God we don't live by what we feel. We live by what we believe. Mm-hmm. And we just kept hammering it. It was like a rock. We kept hitting it with a hammer and chisel until we chiseled it all away. And I've shared all that to, to say this to somebody today listening to this program. Somebody that will listen to this will say, yeah, but I've been waiting for so long. How much longer do I have to wait? You have to wait for your breakthrough. You have to wait for your breakthrough. Many times we could have just quit, thrown in the towel and said, you know, it's never going to happen. But it did. It took eight years. I I wish it would take them one year, but it didn't. It took eight years. But whoever that is today, you listen to this program, I want to encourage you. Somebody asked Jerry Savelle one time, said, Brother Jerry, how long do I have to stand? He said, you stand until you don't have to stand any longer. And that's the principle of faith I think that a lot of times people miss is the patient endurance and consistency, the constant standing that it takes in order for faith to work. I think about Abraham. God told Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless your seed. He didn't have any seed. He's talking about his children. When he was 75, God told him, said, I'm going to bless your seed, and they'll be more numerable than the sand of the seashore and the stars of heaven. Well, I'm 65 almost, and I'm not thinking about having kids. He was 75. God's promising him offspring that's going to be so innumerable. He can't count. It took 25 years for the first seed to come along. Yeah. And that was Isaac. So we stand until we don't have to stand anymore. And I just encourage somebody today, they listen and say, yeah, but you and Pastor James, you are preachers. It works for y'all different. Work. No, it doesn't. It works for all of us the same. 
sometimes it's harder on us than it is on them. I mean, we have sometimes we'll have even greater pressures on us than the layperson will. Right. So you just keep on keeping on and keep on believing. Well, and you know the word the word says, Pastor Larry, that faith without corresponding actions is dead or non-existent. And so I was just thinking, you know, so there may, we may have some listeners like, you know what, I'm 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 believing God for. XYZ, this insurmountable debt to be uh, removed or, or demolished. What do I do? And, and and the word that I heard down in my spirit was this. Well, you, you, you got to do do what you know you need to do. There, there may be some adjustments that need to be made in, in how you handle your finances. You maybe need to not eat out so much, but, or, or, you know, cut back on spending of, you know, buying the newest tech, technological device that comes out because faith without corresponding is not, without corresponding action is not existent. So you can believe God for something, but not come into alignment and, and work in cooperation with him. And, and sometimes that gets back to that waiting means being idle. Waiting doesn't mean to be idle. It means to bind yourself with Jesus, bind yourself with that word, become one with it, and then have the endurance and the patience just to simply walk it out and let patience have its perfect work. And when you do, you're going to step into a brand new day. You've been listening to Faith to Live By with Larry Mellender and James Salter. James is the senior pastor of Summit Life Church in Crawfordville with Sunday morning prayer at 8 a.m. and worship at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday Life Group is at 7 p.m. Find them online at summitlifechurch.net. To hear past programs, look up Faith to Live By in your podcast app. And join us every Thursday at 11.30 for Faith to Live By here on Wave 94.